Welcome to Experiences Canada's Allyship Podcast Series. After participating in a four-month program of bi-weekly webinars on various social justice topics, over 50 youth aged 14 to 18 from across Canada gathered in Winnipeg, Manitoba from May 6th to 8th, 2022 to share their ideas and strategies for community action and youth engagement. As a culminating project for the program, the youth were asked to work collaboratively to develop, record, and edit these podcast episodes on youth allyship and advocacy. We are excited to share their work with the world and provide them with a platform to amplify their voices. Enjoy! The Middle East is full of war. Muslims are terrorists. Are statements that only address the tip of the iceberg that encompasses Islamophobia. Why is it that one religion and or race is subject to the scrutiny that accompanies the consequences of the actions of some? We know that racism is one of humanity's greatest issues, but Islamophobia stems from a variety of false premonitions that are often overlooked. The word misconception is defined as a wrong or inaccurate idea. However, Islamophobia extends typical misunderstandings into full force prejudice. Hello, I am Lilia. Vlogmai. Igor. And I'm Miriam. And join us in unraveling the true embodiment of Islamophobia. One prominent example that shook the world is 9-11, a normal Tuesday that was overtaken with misery. How is it that an attack from over 20 years ago is still brought to light today? In the series of international affairs, Western countries have seen displays of horrific events in foreign countries, and the emotional involvement that follows in pursuit leads to the generalization that stems from that fear. On September 11, 2001, 19 terrorists from Al-Qaeda, an extremist group, infiltrated four flights in hopes of carrying out suicide attacks, attacks that succeeded. As destructive as this terrorist attack was, it was less the destruction but more the significance that ignited the discrimination Middle Eastern people would face for years to come. Declaring war on Iraq to balance out the harm Osama bin Laden, one single person caused was labeled as weeding out terrorism. The attack on the trade center symbolized a foreign, non-white organization demolishing the heart of the U.S. economy in addition to killing many U.S. citizens. For the first time, the West was the victim to the actions of those they oppressed, harmful practices that they usually projected. This realization was incredulously impactful, portraying a possibility that North America never expected while instilling a priorly unbeknown fear. From then on, Canada conjoined with the U.S. in relation to Muslim distancing beliefs and growing hatred. Racism became justified, and every destructive act of the Middle East was emphasized and or exaggerated, but Western countries acted as the saviors. Quickly, Western countries regained control and used that built-up anger and resentment to project consequences that would ensure such an event never happened again. Instantaneously, All Muslims and those who looked Middle Eastern were subject to the racist abuse that came along with having ethnic ties with the nationalities of these terrorists. Racism among Middle Eastern people was already present before, but 9-11 struck the match of what would become a forest fire, engulfing domestic, Muslim, U.S. citizens alongside Canadian citizens. Unfortunately, that same perspective still exists today. Muslims have been prone to the generalization white people composed, claiming that because of the actions of a few, millions are terrorists on the basis of their ethnicity. 
Law after law, bill after bill, the predominantly white government pursued approaches that would limit the infiltration of terrorists in their country. From immigration bans and complex resident and citizenship processes for those of non-white descent to banning hijabs in schools and instilling their Islamophobic beliefs into the younger generations, Western countries changed the way we view the Middle East. They provisioned the ideas and prejudice needed to compose anti-Muslim propaganda. Once again, the dominant group extracted a source they needed to assert their theories in the public eye and persuade others to follow in pursuit. Racism stemmed from the ideologies Western countries wanted to make a reality, not the unfiltered truth. We commonly associate breaches of women's rights with the ideals of Muslim countries, but as a country's choices necessarily reflect a religion. A point often depicted in the basis of Islamophobia is the idea of woman's supposed inferiority in Islam. However, the truth paints a different image. Within the religion of Islam, men and women are both to be seen, respected, and valued in the same regard. Quote, and for the women are rights over men similar to those of men are women. End quote. This is a quote extracted directly from the Holy Quran, encompassing the sentence that opened the doors for equality. Islam pulled out the weeds of violence, the formerly pagan Arabic society instilled and broke through the barriers of gender discrimination. Women are entitled to property, inheritance, the choice regarding their partner, and most importantly, compassion and respect, the same if not more than their male counterparts. Ironically enough, it is a Muslim husband's duty to ensure the well-being of his wife and children, guaranteeing a stable family life with his, with his family's needs prioritized. In a society swirling with the assumptions of child marriages, education bans, and violent end devourers being rooted in Islam, it is easy for conclusions to be made. Easy, but not truthful. The social and economic factors of a country are in no way a direct interconnection with the nation's dominant religion and should not be associated in that way. The oppression does not come from Islam, but from the laws made in many cases by the government a statement that directly interconnects with the issues brought to light in more progressive nations. The endeavors pursued by specific people who happen to follow a certain religion do not represent the religion as a whole. Just as we wouldn't deem a criminal of one country a representative of an entire country as a whole. As human beings, we are all unique and our decisions not only represent who we are, but what we stand for alone. We may unite together for certain causes, but it is individuality that forms the world as we see it today, for the good and for the bad. We should not shoot bullets at Islam because of Muslim countries whose unlawful restrictions violate basic human rights, but instead, we should wave the white flag in hopes of understanding the injustice their religion has been subject to and fostering peace. We now know that the true underlay of the laws of Muslim countries differ from the morals of Islam. Discriminatory regulations that should not be generalized to the religion itself. When overlooking the prejudice that we have become accustomed to, what values does Islam truly hold? Within Islam, life is viewed as a gift from Allah. 
Violence and aggression go against the religion's ultimate belief, deemed unnecessary without an unfortunate reason. Weapons are seen as the enemy rather than the person itself. Islam fosters kindness, equality, justice, and love, believing we must unload the gun rather than shoot at a bulletproof vest. Human life is a privilege, a blessing we must take seriously. We are not several races, but one human race, united as one diverse family. A family values every position equally, as everyone must play their part to uphold the family dynamic. No external factor can exchange the value of human being, as Islam believes we all serve God in hopes of taking on his responsibilities. Nevertheless, they believe different family members may have different beliefs, and everyone must advocate for what they believe in, whether that be upholding the Muslim religion or pursuing a different path. Furthermore, Muslims act on the issues they see, overcoming the obstacles along the journey of life. Faith, courage, integrity are the foundation upholding the morals Muslims not only integrate into their day-to-day -day lives, but also the basis of important decisions. Islam permits religious discussions and dialogues with non-Muslims, commanding Muslims to adhere to the best mythology in any discussion and dialogues with the non-Muslims. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Is a widely known statement considering it was famously expressed by Martin Luther King Jr., the very man who tackled hate at its very root. When we unravel the core of Islamophobia, we can find the cause of the prejudice and harm that the group has faced for illegitimate reasons that were unfairly fabricated and exaggerated to highlight the propaganda that was meant to be emphasized. However, the past cannot determine our present nor our future. All Muslims are not the same, an individuality we must embrace among all cultures and religions. Just as you and I wouldn't want to be viewed in a negative light because of the actions of some of our counterparts, Muslims should not be subject to that very bias and discrimination. There are many aspects that form one's personality, and religion is only one of those factors, a factor of which cannot solidify one's moral standing. Using religion to enforce unjust propaganda is not fair to the religion, nor should it be associated to the religion in general. Terrorism, sexism, and discrimination viewed among Muslims are not the beliefs of the religion, but the ideas people used to twist religious beliefs to justify their own wrongdoings. Terrorism is wrong. Sexism is wrong. However, Islam is not the religion that encompasses them, but rather the platform that tackles them at their very core. The misconceptions and prejudice will take time to break down, but by unwinding these very ideas, we can reweave them into prosperity. Now, do you want to open your eyes to the change tackling Islamophobia will make a reality, or do you want to continue to believe the fabrication which depicts humanity's inability to eradicate such an issue? The choice is up to you, us. Together, we can uphold those we formerly regarded differently and unite together to create unimaginable possibilities. 
We would like to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsors, the Department of Canadian Heritage, Canada Life, Power Corporation, and WestJet for making this series possible. Experiences Canada is a nationally registered charity that helps young Canadians to explore their country in ways they may have never imagined through reciprocal exchanges, forums, and other experiential learning opportunities to travel and connect with one another. Please visit our website, www.experiencescanada.ca, for more information on our programs. Be sure to check out the other podcasts in our allyship series and learn alongside us as we work towards becoming better allies in all aspects of our lives.